Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 12, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled God's Grace and Our Faith. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. It is the free favor of God. Now, you and I, we're not called to live by grace. We're called to live by faith. And so what we do is we provide faith where God has already provided grace. Where the grace is, the faith can be there. Where there is no grace, there can be no faith. And so what we do is we discover what God already planned for us from the foundations of the world. What we do is we we don't try to decide our destiny because our destiny was decided before the world began. So we discover our destiny, we develop in it, and we deploy into it. We find it, we follow it, and we attempt to finish it before we die. We are empowered by God to do what he's called us to do for such a time as this. So he provides the grace and we provide the faith. And I hope that you open up your heart to get ready to receive what God is about to say to you. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. We're in this series, God's Grace and Our Faith. This is part 14. And then I started teaching right after, you know, I started this series, Faith Works by Love. So this is part 13 of that. The title of today's message is God will make you a change agent within your sphere of influence. God will make you an agent of change within your sphere of influence. Say this, say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So yeah, yeah. not only are you blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing. God is going to use you as a conduit, as a vehicle, as an instrument, as a channel of his love and his light on this planet. Not only, only are you blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing. So you are a change agent and God can deploy you around the world. Wherever you go within your sphere of influence, he uses you as an instrument of change. Let's talk about it. So uh, we've been looking at several scriptures. I have some more this morning. Let me get through all the word, the scriptures, and then we'll get into the three things that God wants me to give you. And I have a lot today, so get ready to receive. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. Now we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6, once you're in Christ Jesus, then neither circumcision or nor uncircumcision meaneth anything. The only thing that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, the Passion Translation, the Bible says, I pray that God would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down on the inside of you and the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of his dimensions, how deeply intimate it is, how far reaching it is, how enduring it is, how endless it is, endless beyond any measurement. It transcends understanding. This extravagant love is poured out in you until you are overflowing with the fullness of God. So never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all this. He will achieve more than your greatest request. He will 
achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. He will exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all by his energizing power, his miraculous power. It's about him. It's not about us, but you got to believe that God loves you. First John 4, 3 and 16. So we know the love God has for us and we trust that love. We believe it and we trust it. And then uh, John 3, 34 and 35, New Living Translation, the Bible says, so now I'm giving to you a new commandment. This is something I'm adding. I'm adding these last two scriptures for today. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. What's that commandment? Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. For your love for one another will prove that you're my disciples. This is your identifying characteristic as a disciple of Jesus. So he, he said, this is how you're going to be identified. You're not going to be identified by what you drive or where you live. You're not going to be identified by how you dress or how you talk. No, your identifying characteristic as a Christian is the love of God. So, so Jesus said, when you love people the way I love people, and you know the religious people hate me. The religious people say, I'm a friend of sinners. The religious people don't understand me. The religious people say, I shouldn't be hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with. The, the religious people say, I should be with them in church doing their little things and stuff and going through their rites and rituals and routines. So, But no, I want you to love people the way I love people. And then people will know that you are my disciple. John 15 and 12, last one. This commandment I give to you, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. I, I need you to love people the same way that I have loved you. I'm going to give you the same love. I'm going to give you the same Holy Spirit. And I need, need you to love people the way that I have loved you. So what does this mean for you today? I, to this point, faith works by love. I've been talking about how you have to embrace the love of God so that you can receive everything God, God wants you to receive so that you can become who it is that God has called you to become. All of this and you and you and you, you receive it. You believe it. You open it. All of that. So, but I keep telling you the whole time that your life is not about you. So now I'm going to open the aperture a little bit and say, once you get to that point, God could use you as an agent of change in this world within your sphere of influence. Now, you may have multiple spheres of influence, right? I know people in business. I know people from my military days. I know people in ministry. I know people in the Dominican Republic. I know all these kind of groups of people. I got people from Brooklyn. Brooklyn's in the house. Chicka, chicka. All right, sorry. Uh, uh, all of that. So all of these realms I touch and God can use me as an agent of change. And I go in and out of all of these spheres and God uses me. But it's only because I love God that I'm open to whatever he wants to do in all of these areas. So let's talk about it. Three things to share with you in this morning. I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Three things. Number one, here we go. If you ever get to the point where you fully embrace the love of God, it will change you forever. I've been driving home the point that God is perfect and you are not, right? So it's hard enough for humans, I think, to believe that God, who is perfect, wants to reside in imperfect people. But he does. I mean, we are imperfect people, but God is perfect and he still takes up residence inside of us. If we can ever get to the point where we believe it, where we believe and receive the love that God has for us, it's going to change us from the inside out. First John 4 said, the apostle John is teaching that God is love. And that he, he plainly says that God sent his son Jesus to the world to be the savior of the world. And he tells us that those who believe in Jesus have God's son living on the inside of them. And we get to experience God through the Holy Spirit. John then makes it clear that none of this happens because we're good. 
<laughs> this only happens because God is good, because God is love, right? God is God is love. And matter of fact, we couldn't even love God if he didn't first love us. So even when it comes to love, there's grace. So he loved us first. He gave us the ability to love him, and we love him because he first loved us. And so with all of this, then we're opening up our heart to the love of God. John tells us that we got to get to the point where we believe the love, where we can believe the love that God has for us. And once we believe it, then we got to trust it. So I, I'm telling you, first of all, I'll tell you about the love of God. Then I tell you to believe the love of God. Then I tell you to trust in the love of God. You got to get to the point where you believe it and you trust it. If you can believe the, the love that God has for you, and then you trust that love, you're going to be able to live the life of faith because faith works by love. And then your faith is able to tap into God's grace. Let me explain. Believing and trusting are not the same thing. So I believe the love God has for me, and then I'm going to trust it. So when I believe in the love that God has for me, I believe that God loves me despite the fact that I'm not perfect. I just I, I believe that God is a perfect God and he loves me despite my imperfections. But when you trust the love of God, now that takes you to another level. Now, when I trust God and, and, and I have the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit, that, that the, the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit are prompting me to do something that I'm clearly, clearly unqualified for. <laughs> and the, the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit are prompting me to go talk to people or do things or do something in my career, or do something in business or attempt to or launch this thing or incorporate this thing or file for this thing or apply for this thing. And I'm clearly unqualified and I'm unprepared and I don't have the money for it. But God says, hey, I want you to do it. Then I, when I when I believe that God loves me, that's one thing. But then I got to trust it. So when I trust the love, I believe and I trust. So when I trust that God loves me, then when God gives me these divine impulses of the Holy Spirit to do something, I'm going to trust that I'm, look, God is not going to make me look stupid. So I have to trust. I'm like, oh God, please don't let me look stupid though. I'm trusting that I'm going to attempt this thing by faith. This is why faith works by love. I'm going to attempt it by faith, knowing that God loves me with an unconditional love. I'm going to attempt it by faith, knowing that, listen, God, I'm going to trust that fact that you, I don't know what you're doing. Like, look, I mean, you, you I would, I wouldn't mind if you want to tell me what you're doing. I, I would like for you to give me more insight, you know, give me more details, but but you're not giving me no details. And so you want me to go do this thing. And God's like, I got you, son. I got you, daughter. And you have to trust that God has your best interest at heart, knowing that God is not going to let you down. He would never leave you. He would never forsake you. He would never turn his back on you. And so, so it is then and only then that you can actually live by faith because faith works by love. I, I will attempt to do something that I believe God is leading me to do at the risk of looking foolish. I've crossed the faith line. I'm out here so far, God, that if you don't do it, it can't get done. Oh my God. I'm out here so far, God. I've already told people. I've already filed for it. I already wrote the check. I already submitted it. Oh my God. I'm committed now. And so now I'm out here so far that if you don't do it, it can't get done. I need you to do it. So now I don't, I don't just believe it, but I'm going to trust it. This is why faith works by love. And so now when you get to that point where you're ready to do all of that and you're, you're living the way that I'm describing and you open up your heart and your heart is open to whatever, I'm down for whatever, I'm, I'll do whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it. You're developing an intimate relationship with God. Now this is the life of faith because you can't just know God from a book. If you just know God from a book, if you just know God from Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, then you don't really know God. You got to know God through experiences. God will take you from classroom to lab, 
right? God will take you from classroom to hands-on. And so God is like, no, no, I want you to go out there in the real world and do this stuff. You got to know God through experiences. This is how you build up your fellowship with God. When you open up your heart to the love of God, he will fill your heart and your mind with his love. He will then tell you to believe it. You believe it. And you start to believe what God believes about you. And then you got to trust it to where you will attempt crazy stuff at the risk of looking foolish. And so, yes, at that point, and this is my prayer for you, I pray that you get to the point where you believe the love and you trust it, that you trust it enough to attempt whatever he tells you to attempt. And then Paul says, at that point, the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. You're out here trying stuff that you never thought you would try. You're living stuff. You're already experiencing things you never thought you would experience. And you're only doing it because you know God loves you. And at that point, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, you did it. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, now, Father, I, okay, I'll try the next thing. If that's what you want me to, whatever you want me to do, I'll try it. And now I'm only going to do it though, because I know you love me and I know you're not going to let me down. You, you ain't going to let me down, right? Okay, okay, cool. And so now the resting place of God's love becomes the very source and the root of your life. Number two, once the love of God changes you, you will find that the goal is to change others through you. See, once you get to the point where you believe the love, where you trust the love, where you attempt the, all of that, okay, got it. Now, what you're going to find is that God, once you're full of God's love, God will make you a conduit of his love in this world. And that's the ultimate goal. God will then say, okay, now the love of God is coming to you. Yes, daddy. Okay. Now I want the love of God to flow through you. The love, you will become a conduit, an instrument, a channel, a vehicle of God's love. So God doesn't want to just change you. God wants to make you a change agent. God doesn't want to just change you. God wants to change the world through you. So first God produces change in you and then he seeks to produce change through you. So when you are walking with God, you got to understand that part of your journey, yeah, part of your journey is seeking God for yourself, right? But a major part of your journey is evangelism. A major part of your purpose is to help others find their purpose. And so a major part of your journey with God is to help others develop their journey with God. So part of you believing and receiving and opening your heart and being transformed by the love of God is so that you can put your life on display. So Paul says that we're like living letters. Paul was like, I'm writing letters. I write to the believers in Rome. I write to the believers in Thessalonica. I write to the believers in Ephesus. I'm sending out these letters. But Paul says these things are epistles or letters. You guys are living letters to be read of men. So, so the, the goal is for you to be filled so much with the love of God that when people look at you, they can see the love of God. They experience the love of God. But that will not happen until you allow the love of God to flow. So the more you walk with God, the more you will realize that there's a greater purpose in your life, a greater impact that God wants to make through you. At that point, your life will be less. Look at me. At that point, your life will be less about you and your selfish desires. Your life will be more about God and the people that he wants to reach through you. So when you truly die to self, your life becomes an offering. You probably heard me say this before, but at the end of the day, when you get to the point where you're walking with God and God is walking with you and you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're full of God's love, your life becomes an offering. What God wants to do is God wants you to, like, I've given God my life. 
the whole thing. Like, I mean, like the whole thing. I'm giving God my life. Like, God, whatever you want to do with this thing. First of all, I'm already punching above my weight. First of all, I've already exceeded my wildest imaginations as a kid, right? I've already, I've already done all that. I've already done, I've been places I never thought I would go. I already have driven everything I wanted to drive. I've already lived everywhere I thought I was going to live, all of that. So I'm past, like, I've already exceeded my wildest imagination. So now that that's over, okay, let me just put my whole life in God's hands. And God, now that's it. Whatever you want to do, I'm down for whatever. And now when you give your life to God like that, he can take your life. He will take you. And it's like, he will pour you out. He will fill you up. See, too, far, too many Christians are just concerned about themselves. Too many Christians are just going to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday, after, Wednesday night after Wednesday night. Just God, like, it's only like, God, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, 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 right? All, they only think about them. No, God is like, that is so shallow. Like, like I, I'm way too big of a God for just to be focused on you. I, I want to I wanna change the world through you. I want to impact your whole sphere of influence. So if you take your life and put it in God's hands, God will then fill you up and then pour you out as an offering into the lives of others. And I'm a witness. I mean, this is the way that I live. One of the most rewarding aspects of my life, and Isabella can say the same thing. So one of the most, most rewarding aspects of my life and Isabella's life um, is not God just answering our prayers, right? M one of the most rewarding aspects of our life is when God uses us to be a blessing to other people. God is already, look, Isabella and I, we're blessed. We're already super duper blessed. We, we're already, like I said, far beyond anything we ever imagined. So uh, I can tell you this, this way. Uh, whenever, you know, seeking God for a need is okay. I'm not saying don't do that. But when you get to the point where your life is just about God, not only will he meet your needs, but he will exceed it. He will get you to the point where, look, I understand. When Isabella and I first got married, we didn't have nothing. And we didn't know God the way we know God now. So, so when we first got married, like, you know, hey, we had hopes and dreams and desires and we sought God and Lord, we want to build a life together and all of that. And we were a young couple and we asked God for this and we asked God for that. And, and God did it. And God is amazing and God is good. <laughs> and I thank God for that. And I love those experiences. But once we got past all that, once we got past anything that you probably would even consider to be selfish prayers, like once we got past all that, then what? Now, at this point, a major part of our lives is just doing whatever God wants us to do. A major part of our lives is just like, okay, God, whatever you, he sends us people. Like he gives us divine impulses, uh, I mean, divine appointments where, where we could be like, okay, God says, no, I want you to talk to this person. And we're at a conference. We might be at a work conference. We're like talking about business. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to somebody. Then all of a sudden I know the conversation shifts and the Holy Spirit says, Ooh, no, I want you to minister to this person. And then the person like the eyes well up and then they go, can we, can, can we step over here for a minute? Then we step over there. I don't even know you. Can you pray for me? Oh, glory to God. Yes, I can. And so now it's like, at that point, your life is not about you. I'm down for whatever. Like I, I will take whatever divine appointments you want me to take. Like I'm there. There are only two things the Bible says that God is like, like God can do a million things, but there's only two things the Bible says God is. Number one, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Number two, the Bible says God is love. Now, you would say, okay, it, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all, so the opposite of light is darkness. You can say, oh, well, God is love. 
Oh, therefore, in him there is no hate at all because people think the opposite of love is hate. Well, that's not from God's perspective. First of all, there are things that God hates. So the opposite of love is not hate. In God's eyes, the opposite of love is selfishness. Let that sink in for a minute. The opposite of love is selfishness. So, so God is love, and in him, there is no selfishness at all. God is always focused on you. God is always focused on others. When you get your heart full of the love of God, you will be passionate about ministering to other people. When your heart is full of the love of God, you will be passionate about being a blessing. You, you, will, you will find satisfaction. And you're like, I'm not even worried about me. I'm good. Like God is taking care of me and my family. You will be passionate about going out and being a blessing to someone else. With my kids, we try to impose in them or, or instill in them or inculcate in them like this passion for other people. We take them on mission trips. We have them hand out backpacks. We have them hand, hand out food. I want them to see. I want them to have a, a hunger and a desire and a passion to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. The blessing of Abraham is that I'm, I'm not just blessed, but I'm blessed to be a blessing. Where you can get passionate about being a blessing to someone else. Your life has to be about something that's bigger than you, which is number three, my last point for today. The love of God will help you get past yourself to the point where your life will be focused on something that's bigger than just you. So you at the, at the end of the day, the initial goal when you first come to God of course, it's fellowship. The initial goal is like, hey, God, I need you to bless me, right? Because I mean, like you're asking God, hey, help me with this, help me with that. I'm cool with all that. I mean, that's natural, it's understandable. But after you get past all that, and after you get past the fact that I'm not perfect, right? And, and God loves me anyway, then now I can open up my heart to be a blessing to this world. Because yeah, I'm going to deal with imperfect people, but guess what? I'm imperfect and God loves me anyway. So now I'm a change agent. Now I can open up my heart to be an agent of supernatural change. And I'm not going to be hung up with people's hangups because I'm not, because God is not hung up with my hangups. And so since grace has come to me, then grace can come through me. And so recipients of grace have to become extenders of grace. And because I know God treats me the way that he treats me despite my flaws, then I can treat others the way that God wants me to treat them despite their flaws. And so see, this is why you can't be religious. Religious people look down on people. Now, you know, oh yeah, I'm just looking down. You know, religious people are always judging people and looking down on people. And religious people, the people that are very judgmental, they're, they're exposing to you that they're baby Christians. They don't really know God. Because if you know God, the closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. Not the more you think of yourself. The closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. The, the more you're like, oh my God, thank you, Father, for your uh, uh, amazing grace towards me. And now since I'm a recipient of grace, then I need to be gracious towards others. Now I'm not going to be hung up with people's hangups because you're not hung up with my hangups. And so now I'm walking with you and I'm developing a love for you and you're develop you're putting your love for people inside of me. And so now I'm loving people. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first got saved, I was hard. Like I'm from Brooklyn, man. I, I, I didn't have none of this like passion. Isabella laughs at me now. I cry all the time. I never cry. Never. When I, I never, you ain't never going to catch me crying. But now that I'm born again, I'm walking with God. The love of God is filling my heart. 27 years later, I cry all the time. It's the love of God that this passion, this hunger, this desire, this yearning for, for other people. When, when you live this way, listen, people will hear Jesus in the way that you talk. People will experience you. When they get around you, they will sense the love of God. I can't tell you how many people like that don't know me. I could be in a church service. I just come. People walk up to me and, and that don't know me. And just walk up and say, you're a man of God. 
Yes, I am. Oh my God. And then, you know why? They just will sense the God in you. They will sense the, the presence of God in you. Let me say it this way. You know how people say hurt people, hurt people? Well, guess what? That's true. Well, love people, love people. If God really loves you, then you got to love. Like love people, love people. And so, so the love of God will fill your heart to the point where you won't respond to things the way that the world wants to respond to stuff. Like somebody will do something to you and you won't respond. Your flesh may want to respond one way, but the Holy Spirit will say no. And now because the resting place of God's love is the very source and the root of your life, Galatians 5 and 18 says, if you're led of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. The, the flesh may say, do it this way, say this. And you're like, no, I'm resting in God's love. And you'll be able to respond to people in a way that you would never be able to respond in the past. And now you're, you're actually praying for them that, that curse you. You're actually, I did this yesterday with somebody. They told me that, you know, such and such one person is coming up against them. And she, you know what we did? We prayed for them. Let, let, like, I was like, you know what? They don't even know. First of all, their poison can stop your purpose. But second of all, if they knew any better, they would leave you alone. So let's pray. Let's pray for them. That you, you can bless those that curse you. You can pray for them that despise, despitefully use you. Why? Because you're, the resting place of God's love has become the very source and the root of your life. So I, I got a lot more. Let me just stop this because I, I, I think I, I've given you way too much for today. So let me just close with this statement. Yeah, I'm going to just read this and then that's it. Part of the life of faith is not just believing God for you and your family. Part of the life of faith is opening your heart to the point where you see yourself as a change agent. Faith works by love. So when you get to this point, your faith can't just be about you and your selfish desires. At that point, now you, you just want to see souls saved. Like, like, you know, when you're full of the love of God, you go to work or you you run a business, you have employees or you you have, you know, uh, co-workers. You want to see people saved. You want to see people delivered. You, you want to see broken relationships restored. You want to see communities repaired. You want to see dead dreams revived. You want to see wayward lives corrected. You want to see all of that. Why? Because now your life is not just about you. Your life is about other people. You start praying for other people in earnest. You start ministering to people. You start giving your life to God and saying, God, please use me to minister to such as us. I'm open. And if you give me a word, I will share it, right? Because at that point, you know that, that you're a change agent. God is too big of a God for God to just be focused on you. So please open up your heart to be a conduit of God's love and God's light in this world. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. Say, Father, I know, I believe, and I trust the love you have for me. You are love. I am in you. You are in me. So love lives on the inside of me. I believe and I receive your love. And your love changes me. By faith, I declare that the people I experience on a daily basis will come in contact with you when they come in contact with me. I am an agent of supernatural change within my sphere of influence. I am an atmosphere setter. Environments change when I walk into them because I'm a child of the most high God. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know what I'm called to do. My faith is strong because it's rooted and grounded in your love for me. Therefore, 
my community is positively impacted by the anointing on my life. Every meeting, every conversation, and all the activity that I engage in is influenced for the better by the Holy Spirit in me. So I declare that through me, souls are saved, burdens are removed, yokes are destroyed, and lives are changed. Not because I'm good, but only because you are. Living this way, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you should get my notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Talking about agents of change and God raising up people. I know he probably wouldn't like for me to do this, but I'm led to do it. Mayor Hardy Davis, who's on this call, that's an example. God will bless you. God will anoint you and God will call you to an area to then influence change. God doesn't just bless you. He wants to change the whole community, your whole sphere of influence. He will do it through you if you open up your heart to the love of God. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. If you enjoy this content and you want more private content from Isabella and I, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. Have an amazing day. Walk in the love of God. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.